Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Listen, we are so excited that the presence of God moves in here. And we, and, and we believe that, that, you know, we're hoping that there is a moment you will see us lift our hands you will see us sing and maybe you went to a church not good or bad but you you never really heard anybody sing and it was it maybe it was a little bit like um just super traditional or stoic or whatever and it, i'm not judging i'm not saying this or that but we see a lot of passion in the word the bible says to lift our heavy hands the bible says many times listen i mean we even get a story of david praising in his clothes came we're not that kind of church so keep your stuff on but 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 there's this idea of that God doesn't want cold kisses it's like that there's this idea that there is passion and intelligence and knowledge and wisdom and all of those things kindle a relationship I cannot just tell my wife one time I love her and be hope to stay married does that make sense there's got to be a little passion and then I've got to have a little bit of logic and not do the things she doesn't like come on does that make sense and so it's both it's both. We don't want you to come and minister to your mind only. But we don't want to be so emotional that there is no intelligence in it. The God of this world is a lot of the things that we deal with in our Western culture is, man, just give me some intelligence so that I can have knowledge. God's not after knowledge. God's after transformation. There, there's a difference. God wants to take it from here and put it in here, change in here, so that you begin to think different here, and then out, and then externally, you begin to be different. That, that's the idea of church. So some, come on, need, we do need to educate, and we need to grow, and the Bible says to study to show ourselves approved, and that's good. But, but, but most of us, we don't need an overhaul of knowledge. We need a heart transplant. We, we, we need heart surgery for the things that have been hard and broken in our life. That, that thing needs to melt like wax, the Bible says, before him. And a soft and contrite heart. Come on. The Bible says that, that those are the people, come on, that will see God and hear God and know God and listen to God. And so anyway, we're so excited you're here. That was all free. So um, I don't know if y'all y'all noticed we kind of switched up our transitions. Really, I I, I kind of want to come up after worship sometimes. So I don't know if you like it. Hopefully you do. If you don't, uh, so, sorry uh, uh, when, when I change it. Uh, but um, but anyway, we're just really uh, excited that you're here. We're really excited that uh, that God's moving in your life. Anybody get hungry this week? Come on, come on, anybody get hungry online? Anybody get hungry this week? Listen, my hope is that you were hungry for the leading and the direction of the Holy Spirit. That, that you allowed Father God, come on, to direct your life. We are glad that you're here. Uh, my name is Stephen. I'm the pastor of the house. And for all of those, come on, online, we're so glad that you are joining us. I have to tell you. I have another job description that I can put on my resume. You ever do something you're like, okay, I, I, I now have another job description. I am officially, as of two weeks ago, I am a driving instructor. I mean, not, not, like, not like for your children, but just for mine. Okay, uh, I am a driving instructor. Instru instructor, my son passed his driver's test a couple weeks ago, and uh, yeah, 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 you can clap for him. And we are practicing. Listen, all the time, and people ask me. They come up to me and they ask me, "How's he doing?" driving and I can hear the angst. I can hear the concern. I can hear all of that in his voice. And I just want to pause and I'm like, "Why don't you ask me how I'm doing?" I mean, forget about 
him for a second. Can I tell you, I'm the one that I, my insurance just went up. Come on, somebody. I, I'm the one that my concerns went, just went up. I'm the one that's now a passenger watching someone learn to drive go 70 miles an hour. Pray for me. What you talking about him? Listen. It, 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 it's funny. We, we've actually had, I, I've done pretty good for the most part. Just being transparent. I've had a few intense moments. Uh, and then I can, I can feel the judgmental stares from my wife. And so I just was like, go on, take the passenger seat, big boy. <laughs> Jump on in there. And so I, I let her move to the front and do some teaching. Uh, and um, uh, she felt it. She, she, she felt the excitement. Come on, somebody. Um, but no, I'm really, I'm really proud of him. And I got so many plans for a child that can drive. I've been waiting for this my whole life. Y'all don't know me, but I'm, I, I'm very intentional, and I love to get stuff done. <laughs> so I can't wait till this dude can drive. You know what I'm saying? He's going to be Aaron, man. We're going, oh, I'm going to get so much done. I can't wait. Uh, but seriously, I was driving with him the other day, and I, I really believe that God uh, showed me how he wanted to direct our lives our lives. He wants to know us, come on, and he wants to use us for his glory if we'll listen to his direction. Like he has a destiny for you, he has a plan for you, come on, he has a purpose for you, God has something for you if we will listen. You see, I know what awaits my son if he can heed my direction. Come on, there are road trips with friends and families, journeys. Life is a hot. I'm like, come on. There's so much fun, journey, experience, purpose, waiting for him. If he can listen, come on, to the direction, then it will fuel his purpose. It will fuel, come on, where he's going to go. And, and so really, his ability to receive direction brings his dreams closer to reality. For us, it's the same way. For us to be able to listen, come on, to what God says brings where he wants us to go into closer, come on, proximity. What does God want to bring into your life this year? What does God want to do? What dream is waiting for you? I know everyone here has a destiny. I know that, but listening is what fuels your purpose. Psalms 81 chapter 13 says this, Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. Look at this. God doesn't have ways to be controlling. That's not his heart. His ways are established because all of his ways are good. And God designed for us is that we would walk in freedom. And you cannot have freedom opposite of his ways. His desire is that you would follow his practices and his principles so that you could come into the fullness of of what God has, come on, for you. Luke 11, chapter 28 says this. But he said, blessed, but he said, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Keep it. Can I tell you right now, we, we, we believe that the word of God comes every Sunday as we begin to speak. As you personally open the Bible every week and begin to study and, and, and put in, in the Bible. And I hear people all the time, well, you know what, Pastor? I just get discouraged reading my Bible. I read it, and then I forget about it. I read it, and then I forget about it. And then I see like 1 Thessalonians. And I've read it like five times, the whole chapter. I still don't know what it talks about. And I'm just discouraged. Yes, that's fine. Can I ask you a question? What did you eat a month ago on Tuesday? I can't remember that. But it still nourished you. See, when we open the word, 
it feeds us in the moment of the concern and what we're doing because the word is alive and active. And so we eat it and we jump in it because it directs us where we're at because it's continual. Yes, there are things that we study so that we can learn and know themes and characteristics of God. But many times we jump in and read the Bible because it's directive. It's directive. It says in that verse, go ahead and put that verse up again just so we can look at it. I want, I want to focus on that last part. Hear the word of God and keep it. The enemy comes, just leave it up there for a second, to steal, kill, and destroy. Here's the thing. This is the great part about church is you get to hear the word. The dangerous part about the church is you hear the word. Because everything that you hear now has accountability. And the enemy comes to steal what you hear. And he is hoping that you sit through it but never apply it. I don't know if you're looking to take your leadership to the next level this year, but we have uh, a life group called The Process of Leadership. I would encourage you to check it out in a couple weeks. We're going to launch life groups. But uh, there is the concept that we teach, and leadership is part of our growth track. We have about six classes that are meant for discipleship, it, uh, for, um, framework, freedom, leadership, uh, finances, marriage, parenting. We have these these, and we're, and we're, we're actually writing more so that we can disciple people um, so that they can know the word. But in this course, the process of leadership, we start out with this idea from Genesis chapter 2 verse 15 where it says that God put man in the garden to work it and keep it. We know that God gave us dominion and there were two things that we were supposed to do. We were supposed to take what God has given us and build a life. Can I tell you, you don't find a life, you build life. You build a marriage, you build a family, you build your finance, you build your life, you build your character. There is nothing that you find, you build everything. And so God from the very beginning told Adam, you're going to have to build it. Then the next concept is keep what you've built. It's not good enough to do a year of integrity just to lose it and you've built influence that year and now you've fallen and taken everybody with you. It's not enough to walk down the aisle and get married. We want to stay married because the longer we're married, responsibility increases. Come on, does that make sense? And so we want to keep what God has given us. Well, how do you keep it? You keep it by who you listen to. Adam and Eve were on the way. And then here comes the little serpent. What did God say? Did he really say? I don't think he said that. Go and tell your husband to come here. And what happens is God begins to work and we begin to sow the seeds. And the seeds of what God wants us to do begins to produce. But we got to keep it. And you keep it by who, come on, you listen to. My assignment today is listening directs our path. Listening directs our path. Jonah, we, we, this is a continuation from last week. I would encourage you to go listen to that. But Jonah chapter 1, 15 through 17, and we're going to kind of jump right into the story just for all of us to be up to date. God told Jonah to go to Nineveh, and he went to Tarshish. <laughs> and, and so actually Nineveh was closer closer. Tarshish was further, and, and, and Jonah's idea was, I do not want to do the word of the Lord, and so I'm going to run away from the Lord. And that doesn't ever work. It may work for a while. You may move. You may transition. You may forget that assignment or calling or purpose on your life. But after a while, you can't... It's, it's like an itch you can't scratch. It starts to speak to you. It starts to move in you. And this is exactly what happened. Jonah um, bought a ticket, got on a boat, went below, started sleeping, and a huge storm came up. And, and, and the, the, the crew on the boat was like, what's going on? They found out that it was Jonah's fault. And Jonah said, guys, for the storm to stop, you're going to have to throw me over. And so this is where we're at. Jonah chapter 1, verse 15 through 17. So they picked Jonah up, hurled him into the sea, 
And the sea ceased from raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Why do we run from the Lord? Jonah was running from the Lord because Jonah didn't want to be a missionary to Nineveh. Nineveh was a part of the Syrian empire. The Syrians were idolatrous. They were proud. They loved war. They were a ruthless nation. And they, they, they loved conquest. They were fighters. And they would cause a lot of problems for Israel. Okay? So Jonah was like, oh, heck no. I'm not going to go help these people. After all they've done to my people, they can all die. <laughs> so he ran. He ran because he couldn't, listen to this, get over his negative feelings about the Assyrians. God in his love had both love and mercy. And he had a plan for Jonah and for Nineveh. But Jonah was resisting rather than receiving God's direction. Have you ever been there? Where God is telling you, come on, turn the channel. God's telling you, go in there and spend some time with your wife. God's telling you, you know what? Shut the computer down. Turn the emails off. Go play football with your kid. Hey, you know what? God's speaking to you. Call your friend. Hey, you know what? God's telling you, you know what? Maybe I need to begin to start giving. Maybe I need to go to that life group. Maybe, come on, God is speaking to us. And we can, and we can like run from him. And resist it, but it will never work out long term. It'll never work out long term. After the fish swallowed Jonah, he repents. Come on, I would too. <laughs> All up in the fish, smelling like fish. God, <laughs> listen, it gets real, real quick. I don't know if you've ever had that moment. Come on. When I was a kid, I had a few wrecks. And I remember after the wreck, it would always be that fish moment when I'd have to walk in and tell my mom, God, rapture. <laughs> Is that the trumpet? <laughs> Listen, for us, uh, Jonah repented. And there's a beautiful prayer in chapter 2. I don't know if you've read it, but I want to give you just one verse out of chapter 2. Chapter 2, verse 8, that I think really encapsulates what the tension that Jonah was walking through. Jo Jonah chapter 2 verse 8. And it says this. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope in a steadfast love. That is like a, such a deep verse. And I want to kind of unpack it a little bit. God is so loving he will let you choose. He will let you run. He will let you do. But vain idols are things that we have hope in that will not deliver for us. Idols is anything that has our attention, affection, and adoration. That's not him. There are many idols that we contend with today. The idol of flesh. And that's why you're seeing in the last four or five years an onslaught of every TV show has to bring nudity and sexualness to a higher place because we, have, we are enthralled with the flesh. The physical appearance, our food, our comfort. Idols of intelligence, come on, degrees, success, and knowledge. We will search all day long on the internet for our argument, but we won't search the scriptures for truth. The idols of ambition, come on, what would make me power, money, fame? Those are the things that... And so we search for those. Idols of pride, come on, I'm not like, well, I don't think, I'm so thankful I'm not like them. I mean, look at my family, look at my children, look at my job. 
idols of self. All I need is some me. Come on. I know what's right, I know what's fair, and I know what's just. And everybody needs to listen to the idol of self-will. Just sit back and watch me power through this bad boy. Come on, I'll pull my bootstrap. I'll get it done. Go on and say, I can't watch me. Come on, does this make sense? All of these things are not bad. They just cannot be first. And when they are first, the Bible calls them vain idols. Because here's what happens. We act as if these things can save us, help us, and deliver us. But they cannot. In a moment of pain and despair and darkness, they are no longer important. Come on. And what happens is even Jonah had a false love for his country that he he didn't want Nineveh saved. Why didn't Jonah listen? Because he loved something else over God's direction. Come on, does this make sense? There have been many times that I've resisted Something that God asked me to do. Just being transparent. Because I wasn't comfortable. Come on, can anybody say that? Yeah. Because I didn't have enough understanding. But why? (laughs) Do it. Why? Do it. Why? (laughs) Because I had too much going on in my mind. I just don't have time. Or because my faith was too small. I just didn't want to step out there. Come on. You know, it's scary. Just like a new driver will miss a few turns and hit a few curbs. God's not leaving you. He's still speaking to you. I'm not saying that it's okay to miss it. And I'm certainly not saying it's okay to run away from the Lord and disobey God. But what I am saying is there is a battle happening for who you're going to listen to. Your heart makes all the difference. Jonah repented and returned, listen, with confidence and courage. And a mighty work happened in Nineveh. God doesn't download his words to the most talented or popular or intellectually gifted. He's looking for a heart that's his. A heart that listens when he speaks That's a heart that he can begin to trust. And he will speak more too. Come on. Listen, that's why we took time to fast. We weren't trying to fast because we wanted to have a corporate diet. We weren't fasting so that we could have a competitive moment of who ate the least food. Our hope was connection. And come on, if you fasted and didn't connect, you was just hungry. (laughs) So last week we talked about four battles we face in listening. I gave two. I'm only going to give two more. Um, The first two that we gave was the battle to become comfortable with God's instruction. It's a battle to get comfortable. Because we've grown up in a worldview and an ideology that is polar opposite to what God wants. And so we've got to learn to get comfortable to what God says Because many times it'll be different in culture. The second thing we talked about is the battle to become consistent with God's teaching. When God says it, we apply it. We talked about like setting a budget. I don't know if you've ever set a budget. The first time you set a financial budget, it was hard. You're like, I'm going to budget. I'm going to get envelopes. I'm going to put all my money in an envelope. And it's like two weeks and you're like, can't find the envelopes. (laughs) And so... We have to become consistent with what God's teaching. God doesn't want us to hear a lot. He wants to hear and apply, hear and apply, hear and apply, hear and apply. Does that make sense? And then based on what we apply, our capacity begins to grow, and we can hear more and apply more. That's how we grow. Today, I want to give you the last two. The last two is, um, so this is the third point, 
in four battles uh, we face in listening. The third is the battle to become confident with God speaking. That's the thing. We've got to become confident when God, people are like, I don't know if I, I hear a lot of things in my head. And I don't even know what's God. It's super easy. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So he will always promote death in your flesh. And it will always put you as the sinner. God will always be a giver. And he will always produce something that is life generating. Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the light. And so when you hear something in your mind, hey, call your friend and encourage him. Was that the devil? It's probably not the devil. You know what I'm saying? Anything that happens to be life-giving, anything that puts yourself in humility as the giver and someone else as the receiver is probably not the devil. Okay? Just super simple. Why do we question that God speaks? He isn't a God that stays silent. He isn't a God at distance. So how does he speak to us? And I want to talk about this a little bit. When he, he speaks through his word, he speaks through his children, he speaks right now through this sermon. I'm hoping that, you know, you, you didn't come in here for an awesome nap. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that something is stirring in your heart and you're like, okay, something's shifting in me. He speaks uh, through prophets. He speaks through convictions. He speaks, come on, I have been going... I remember one time I was listening to Creed. Can you take me high? And God was like, oh, and I was like, okay. It was like a dumb song. That was really awesome. I'm just saying that God can speak through a, a mo- like a movie. Like, like if you ever been watching a movie and been like, my whole life is changed right now. It was like a commercial. It's like a McDonald's commercial. And you're like, wow, that was good. He speaks to us personally. You have to know that, that, that God is wanting to speak to you all the time. And, 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 and we make it so awkward. We make it so weird, so spooky. But the truth of the matter is you, you are being spoken to enter into temptation or you are being spoken to be led into freedom. There is something that's telling you, do it. Nobody will see. I don't want to do it. Do it. I don't want to do it. Do it. Uh, okay. Something speak, something urging you to promote yourself. Come on. And to be self-led. And then God is also speaking to you to move you out of bondage and brokenness and hurt. Come on. Acts chapter 2 verse 17, it says, In the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Okay, what does this mean? It tells me that God wants to communicate with his sons and daughters. He is Father God, and he has something that he wants to download to us. But many people make it so hard. The truth is God is always speaking and he is always directing. But I want you to know three important things as we as a body are learning how to listen to the Lord. God will never speak against the principles and truth of his word. You will not hear something different than what God has already established. God will never ask you to be disobedient to his word. God will never ask you to dishonor his word or his order. Okay? Marriage. Family. God set up order. God's never going to speak and change his order because God blesses order. Does that make sense? Everything thrives off of order. That's how God set it up. Okay, 
All throughout the Bible, God spoke to people. Different men and women in different cultures, with different personalities, even with different giftings. So how does God speak to us personally? We've already talked about that God will speak through pastors and mentors and teachers and all of that. But now we're talking about like us personally receiving instruction from the Lord. And I believe just searching out scriptures and, and watching different things, I believe that God speaks to us five different ways. Five personal ways that God begins to speak to us. There will be moments that we just know something. Know something. And listen, everything that I'm saying is predicated on this foundation. Yeah. If you remove this, you can come up with a lot of craziness. This is the foundation that everything was built on. Does that make sense? And so character, learning, hearing, this is what we fuel so that we know God's nature and we know God's character. Does that make sense? Okay. But we'll know something. Deborah knew that if she went to battle with Israel over the Canaanites, that all the men that fought with her would not receive honor because they went with a woman. She just knew that. Here's the thing. Is that God can speak and you will just know something. You can call that intuition. You can call that whatever. But you just know what God is saying. It's like something just clicks and there's just a supernatural faith and courage. You might not have all the facts, but you, I just know we need to do this. I know I need to move here. I know I need to take that job. I know I need to. And you've experienced that even though. That's why in Romans it says that we are without excuse. That God is always speaking and ministering to us where we are clearly like that didn't just come from you because you're awesome you just knew we feel something we can feel something Peter was passionate when he came out from uh, uh, Pentecost and, and the upper room and was mocked and a couple of guys said man they've been drinking Peter was like, Whoa. you know what I mean? Like started preaching, fire fell, like thousands of people got saved, came to the church. There's moments when we feel something, like our heart is busting. It's so big. And it, it's a moment where we connect with God, come on, on an emotional level, where we can fill the room, where God is speaking through compassion and care, even righteous anger that you can feel, come on, that God is present. You ever had a story or a moment where you, all of a sudden you were just like, whoa, what just happened? God gave us feelings and so here's the thing, is everything that God gave us, God can use. Don't act like, well, God can't use my mind. Well, God can't use my feelings. Everything that God gave you, come on, God can use. Okay, sometimes we see something. We just read in the verse that young men will have visions and older men will dream dreams. Okay, so let's look at this. Daniel was a visionary. So there are times when we get a picture or a vision or a dream of what God wants to do or what he wants to see happen. And you just can see the next step. You, you can't explain it. You don't know. But I just see this next step for me, for my family, for my life, for what God wants to do. I can just see this next step. You can see your way out of a problem. Everybody's stressed. Everybody's frustrated. Nobody knows what to do. And you're just like, I, I don't know why, but I can just see the way out. And it's not because, you know, I'm, I'm so much more awesome than you. But, but it's just I can just see it. We can see with greater visibility what God is, come on, doing. We hear something. We hear something. Paul, think about the instruction and the download Paul received as he's just like, la, 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 la. Oh, wow. Here's a bunch of books of the Bible. <laughs> we can hear God's voice audibly, internally, yeah. internally. Now, I just need you to know that God's voice does not sound like James Earl Jones <laughs> from the 90s uh, Lion King. Simba. You know, a lot of times it's just uh, internal sp speaking. It's not like, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's not like a walkie-talkie. You just, 
I, I just hear this. And so you'll journal. You'll write something down. And I would encourage you to do that. Um, in, in fact, in 1 Corinthians 14, it talks about when God speaks to us and we hear him, that we write this down. And sometimes we share it with people to be an encouragement, to edify the body. I mean, God, this is God's instruction to us. So it's, it's not weird. Or he, or he would have said only one person can do it in the Old Testament but, or, or in the Old Dispensation. But now nobody can. He tells us this is what happens in the church. Okay. So the last one is we read something. And when I say read something, I'm not talking about just reading a quick devotional. I'm talking about reading the Word. When you read this Word... It is alive. It is active. It should be speaking to the motives of your heart. When we read this word, it's the primary way that we encounter God's direction. The church doesn't preach the word, listen, for just moral clarity, although our culture needs that. When God created the world, he spoke everything into existence. God is a speaking God. The Word of God always activates our faith. It elevates our understanding. And it cultivates a great harvest if we allow His seeds to be sown in our life. When we listen to God's Word, listen, it judges our motives of our heart. And it reminds us where we need forgiven from sin. Okay? It creates a new focus and it tears down those idols that we talked about earlier. The fourth thing is this. Are you listening? Is this good? You're learning. Okay, come on. The fourth is this. The battle to become courageous with God's direction. Listen, we cannot have a weak church. When we started this, there were a few things that I wanted to make sure happened. And, and, and just for those of you who don't know me, maybe you've just come in the last year. Just let me explain all this before uh, you, you jump to a conclusion. But I wanted to have a man church. I wanted a church where men could be men. And that we could, not where it was men at the exclusion of women. Because we believe that God has sons and daughters. But I did not want such a feminine driven church where it felt a lot like passion. I wanted it hearty. I want, come on, I wanted it meat and I want to look grunting. And we're in a world that is scared of masculinity. They don't like masculinity. There's whatever. And I'm just telling you that God created order. And so we want our men to thrive. We want our men to step into courage. Because if men step into courage, women will step into courage. Not dominance. There's a difference between courage and dominance and abusiveness. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about courage to say we can go a different way than culture and thrive. That's what we wanted. And so we see in this, I wanna, let me, I'm going to read just a quick verse. I don't even know if they have it. Maybe they do. But Jonah chapter 3, five, 4 and 5. It says this, look, look at this. And Jonah began to go to the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people believed God. They called for a fast, put on sackcloth, and from the greatest of them to the least of them, they began to humble themselves. Come on, I'm just saying like, Jonah, Jonah don't want to go. Then he goes. Can you imagine the heart? Okay. Oh, get hype. Get hype. Get hype. I had the tiger. I had the tiger. Rising. Let's just, okay. In 40 days. People are like, y'all going to be whooped down. I'm like, 
That's a hard line to deliver. To a warring empire that loves conquest. Y'all about to get whooped. You better repent. And, and then it goes into like the king came down and he tore his clothes and him, oh, I'm so sorry. And jo, Jonah's like, he's got no army. I don't even know if he has muscles. I don't know if he has a sword. All I know is that he had some courage. And I'm telling you, tomorrow, you are missionaries to your workplace, to your homes, come on, to your hobbies, to your schools. And I'm asking you, will you have courage? Now, I don't think that you should jump on a table and say, in 40 days, this business is coming to the ground. (laughs) Don't tell them you're from our church, okay? (laughs) But I do think... That God is asking you to take someone to coffee. I do think that God is putting people on your heart. I do think that there's someone online that has thought, I need to go to table talk and you've been putting it off. I do think there are these courageous moments that we forfeit and then we're frustrated because we're not living a life of purpose when God's like, I have so much for you. If you would just do what I've asked you to do. Come on, Jonah went to Nineveh and stood in front of the people and did exactly what God told him to do. He didn't want to. See, here's the thing I need to tell you. When God asks you to move out of being comfortable, you will never want to do it. Oh, thank you, God. I was just thinking it was was great. No, it's going to be hard. It's going to be uncomfortable. He's going to put you in a place that you think you're not ready for. And some of you are musicians. And you come on, like you need to meet Stephen Hill. You need to meet our band. And you need to be getting in worship. And you're like, oh, yeah, I just, if I had to play again, I'd just be. I'd just be. Some of you are great with kids, and, and, and it's time. And you've, you've kind of walked by the kids' room. <laughs> and you thought, I don't know if I can. <laughs> it's, I'm just saying that when we step into these courageous moments, confusion ends and purpose becomes clear for us. Listen, he knew. That going where God asked him to go was better than the storm. Better than the storm. He knew. Listen. He moved from a runner to a revivalist. He moved from a mission. Come on. Have a missionary. And I just want to encourage you to step in some courage when you hear some things. Come on. From the Lord. It takes courage to listen to what God asked you to do. Today. Can you win the battle to obey? That's that's where it is. Can I obey what God is asking me to do? Or do I conveniently hear the word and step aside thinking I can live two lives? God is looking to direct your path. That's what he wants. I have personally felt the blessing of someone's courage. I remember uh, I was in my second year of college and I did not have the money to go back to college. Uh, I met with the financial aid, financial, just didn't, I didn't, I, I could not come up with it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get ready to um, unenroll. I'm going to Put on a hiatus. I'm going to go find a job. The next week, I got a call from the financial aid that said that some anonymous person paid my whole next semester. Here's what I'm telling you. When you act in courage, it it may not make sense. I don't know why 
God's telling me to do. I don't know why God's, I don't know why God's directing me to. We need to have them over like this week. We're so busy. I know. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what, but I know that if you will step out in courage and do what God has asked you to do, you may make a mark in someone's life that you don't even know what that one semester, that four or five thousand dollars that was what was invested, I believe that was part of what put me here today. Courage. Church, we want to be a courageous body. And when he speaks, we want to obey. Listening directs our path and it fuels our purpose. Today, I believe that God is asking some of you, and he's already been doing it. It's time to take a step, next step. Like it's time to make this maybe your church home. You've been coming for a while. Make this your church home. It's time to, we're going to go ahead and go through framework and find out a little bit more about the church. More than we hear just in a sermon. We're going to find out what's going on. Like, like courage is the next step. Come on, for some of you. For those who have been tracking with us. We did, we in February 14th, we will celebrate five years. We were, we were, we, that's very exciting. Come on, that's exciting. And we started five years ago, and we had a building, um, uh, about 6,000 square feet, and God saw fit to move us out of that to this. And I just really believe this year, um, that we're going to move into a new building. I, I believe that God is going to do that. And so just hear me. Uh, I'm not saying the saith God. I'm just saying that in my knower, it, where we're at, what we're doing, um, we need a bigger space. We've been paying rent for almost five years. We have some money saved. But I believe this next year we're going to move forward. And the place that we are looking for is the one right over here off of Hudson that was off Olive. Olive, sorry. You can tell that I'm not the detail person uh, in our family. The one right off of Olive. And uh, it's charity. It was the old charity Baptist. We've already gone in there. We've looked around. And I think that we can remodel the whole thing, paint the whole thing, put a new face on it. And I think it'll feel like us. Boy, it'll sing. Uh, and, and, and there are a lot of things that we want to do uh, as far as children, education, different things like that. We, we, we need more space. And so anyway, I am asking you, Katie and I went ahead and did it this week. But when you begin to tithe... There is heart for the house, missions, there is general offering, and then there is building projects. And I am asking you to begin to, over and above your tithe, begin to put a little bit of money. That is an offering, and we're going to sow where we're going to go. So that's what I'm asking you to pray for, because here's the deal. I believe that we can do this. Oh, great. Came to a church with another campaign. We're not, this is not a campaign. You're not going to sign anything. We're not going to look over your giving. What we're going to do is share a compelling vision. We want you to inspect what God's doing here. And we believe that you'll find fruit that remains. Does that make sense? And so we're not going to be bashful about talking about where we're going. But there is no pressure on you. We're just going here. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay. Receiving God's instruction. Ben, go ahead and come up. Receiving God's instruction is better than resisting it. Listening directs our path. This morning, what is God speaking to you? Come on. Let's just take a moment and position our hearts. Maybe, maybe humble yourself just a little bit. God went to great lengths to get Jonah's attention. Yeah. And I believe that he's speaking to you today. Maybe it's been a while since you have let the Lord, the driver instructor, tell you, turn here. Park. 
sit. Go by that house. And I'm asking you today to allow that to happen. To allow that to happen. For all of us in here, listening directs our path. It directs our path. And so, you guys, whenever y'all are ready, go ahead and turn their music up, Tony. You know, here's the thing. The way to listen is to say, God, I want to hear you. But God is not going to overpower our pride or preconceived ideas in order to speak to us. Come on, church. And so um, the truth of the matter is, as we step into this moment, come on, bring down the lights that Tony, y'all, y'all, are y'all ready? Let's listen. As we just take a moment, I'm asking you to just take a moment. Take a moment. Just ask him, God, what do you want to say that I've been unwilling to hear? Come on, you just this is you and God. God, what do you want to say that I've been unwilling to hear? God, is there someone that I need to apologize to? Maybe this last year with all the conflict and the tearing and the pulling, maybe I've acted in a way that was not what you asked me to do. Did you put nation above obedience? What's God been asking you to do with your kids? What's God been asking you to do with your tone? What's God been asking you to do, come on, with your family? What's God been asking you to do with your finances? What's God been asking you to do with your gifting? What's God been asking you to do with your talents? What's God been asking you to do with what you're doing? What's God been asking you to do? You think God moved you here just for random? You think God moved you to this area just to make a living? Everything that God does in your life, He is trying to order steps that you would know Him. Come on. That's what God is doing. There's a bigger picture at play than just small little steps. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.